This morning as we open the word together, you'll want to open to Colossians chapter 3. That's where we'll be in our time in the word this morning. And our speaker this morning is our youth pastor, Tim Forsyth. Tim's going to be sharing with us from Colossians 3 this morning. And I'm going to invite Tim to go ahead and come on up and and pray for Tim this morning uh, as he opens God's word for us and, and with us. Father, we thank you for this man that you called for this hour to bring your holy word, God, to your people. God, I pray you'd help him to preach the word this morning. Whether it be in season or out of season, that he would correct, that he would encourage, that he would bring rebuke where it's necessary, and Lord, that he would be your instrument this morning for the training and righteousness that each of us needs. Thank you for my brother. I pray that you would bring out of him this morning what you have implanted in him throughout this last week. And I ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's good to be here this morning. Um, we've had an eventful time since we've been here. Uh, got to move, I think, what we move, uh, I think May the 28th. Uh, got unpacked. We've done a camp. <laughs> A middle school camp and a VBS, so but we're enjoying it here, and I, I just want to you know from uh, the bottom of our hearts that uh, um, we really appreciate how you welcomed us and uh, the great pounding you gave us. Uh, we're still reaping the benefits of that, and uh, we thank you for that. But this morning, if you would turn me or turn with me to Colossians three, verses one through eleven. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 11. Let's read this together. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is. See it at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life appears, then also you will appear with Him in glory. But put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in, in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. So we look at this passage together. Um, one thing I see in, in Colossians 1 and, and 2, just a little background knowledge, is that Paul is coming to the church fighting against false teachers. And what these false teachers have, have really done is kind of given a false gospel or, or false teachings on the fact that what they're doing in, in coming into the church and saying that, you know what, Jesus is not enough. Christ is not enough. 
even goes as far as saying, well, you have Christ, but that's not enough. You have to go after a secret knowledge. That there's more understanding that, that's hidden from you. And only a select few, maybe what you'd call super Christians, might get into this knowledge. Others were saying it was, it was uh, you, you, you followed Jesus, but then you, you denounced everything of the world. That you just kind of walked around pale-faced and, and just were, a, you know, kind of a Christian robot that didn't enjoy anything. And that, that was your uh, purpose under Christ. And Paul was just saying, no. No. And so, as we see it, we see in Colossians 1 and 2 a, a high theology of, of Christ, of, of uh, uh, His preeminence in creation, and just His sufficiency. So I'll leave you that some homework there in Colossians 1 and 2. Look at the background, but that, that's where he's coming from. And then he goes on into, into Colossians 3 and he says, Then if you have been raised with Christ. So he's, he's making, since you know this truth, since I've given you this truth of, of who Jesus is, and since I've corrected this false teaching among you, he's saying it's Christ alone. It's all in him. He's now saying, so since you know this truth, uh, and a good practical guide and, and when we're looking at, at some of Paul's uh, letters, is oftentimes what he does is the, the first half of the book is what we're doing. We'll see this here, Colossians 1 and 2, he's kind of laying out the doctrine. And then in the back half of the, the second half of, a, of, a, of the Bible book, he is giving, of his letter, he's given practice. He's given us our application. So since you know this great doctrine now, here's now how you should live. And so Paul has, has segued to that point here in, in, this, uh, in chapter 3. And first he says just keep seeking things above. Keep seeking things above. Let's look at verses 1 through 4 again. It says, if, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand. Why? Because you've been raised with Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, seek things that are above. Paul is giving us a picture of baptism. A lot of times, yeah, I'll be honest, as a, as a kid, I've grown up in the Baptist church. I was, I, I've been uh, there since before birth in the Baptist church. And from the nursery on in the Southern Baptist church. But one thing I, I, I think I, I've, I really have struggled with at times is really just, even though it's in the scriptures, is really seeing the meaning of baptism in, in my life. And what Paul's saying here is kind of the same thing he's saying in Romans 6, 3 and 4. It says, Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus? We're baptized into His death. We are buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of God, we might too walk in newness of life. So we have this picture in our baptism, this burial of our old life, and being raised in, in newness of life. And I'm calling that an extreme makeover. I'm not sure if that's a good title or not, but extreme makeover. Putting on the new self, the new person. And I, I admit I've come up with this title because I've, 
I've been held hostage. Please don't take my man card away from me. I hope I still have it. But sometimes I watch these little makeover shows with Kelly. I know, I, I, I hate to admit this stuff, then. but uh, and one of them I'm just you know one of them I think was even called Extreme Makeover. Ladies, have you seen that one? Is there one called I thought there was one Extreme Makeover, and then there's another one called What Not to Wear. You guys ever seen that one? And so they go into people's closets, just like me, and say, boy, you don't need to be wearing this stuff. And, and really what happens is maybe a, maybe a sister, brother, friend, wife, that type of thing, girlfriend, will, will call and say, hey, this, this person doesn't have a clue. So I'm telling you that, I'm admitting something to you. At times I have some fashion weakness. Fashion police need to pull me over and, and call me in. Underneath this, you wouldn't know it, but I've got a, a shirt that I've had that says Cleveland Indians. By the way, I've held on to this long enough and worn it long enough, now they're actually winning. They've won, like, they've won a bunch in a row. I don't know if they, what happened last night, but they, they had the longest winning streak in all of the major leagues. But anyway, I've had this shirt, believe it or not, probably going on anywhere from 25 to 30 years. You say, yeah, you can laugh, look at that, that's some... That's some laughing there, man. Yeah. Anyway, so my I put this on this morning, and my wife just shook her head. Because she knows, you know, certain times. Um, so what do you do with a shirt like this? Well, I mean, it, it gets it gets threadbare and, and, and gets kind of holy in spots. And I, I tell you what I do. The sleeves start getting ratty. I just take it. Scissors off and cut them off. And then I, now I've got a muscle shirt. <laughs> I was picking at Kent earlier. I won't show that to you because I'm not walking around with his muscles where I can flex up. But, you know, I kind of, I do, we'll do Hulk Hogan and Macho Man while I'm at home by myself with my kids. But anyway, you think about this. My wife shakes her head, you know, because really... This shirt is not fitting. She, what she told me this morning when she saw me put that on, she said, you have brand new uh, t-shirts. Why are, you have brand new white t-shirts. Why don't you put one on? And she just said, so usually I've gotten a little crafty. Is I'll sneak and I'll just, I won't, I won't dress in front of her. And I'll, you know, just, so she won't know. So if you ever see that, if you ever see a shirt that's the wrong color underneath, that's because I like these t-shirts that are... Old and ratty and that kind of thing. But here's the deal. I bet you guys are almost like me in the fact that, you know, it kind of provides a picture of our new life in Christ. In that, you know, this shirt, I've got new shirts. I've got new clothing. But for some reason, I hang on dearly to this ratty clothing. In fact, I love it, and you know what? It feels good. Oftentimes, she will tell me, you're not going to Dollar General on that thing, are you? Yeah, I am. And I don't know. I just, it just, I don't, I don't know. I've always been like that. I've cut them, I call them my Tim McGraw shirts, you know. I just, you know, anyway. So, but, but that, I think, is a picture of us as believers, because we're ha hanging on to our old clothing. And really, as Paul's talking about this in, in Colossians 2, or Colossians 3, what he's, 
what he's talking about. When you've been buried in baptism and raised up, what happened at baptism is they, they would throw out their old clothing and be given a white robe. They'd be given a new white robe. And that, that was showing their newness. But I'm afraid we as Christians, many of us, we, just like me, we've hung on to the old. Even though we, we, we know these things, we know we should walk away, we know we're new in Christ, but for some reason, we hang on. And I think it's just because it, it feels so good, the old flesh sometimes, doesn't it? The old worn out shirt feels so nice. Are we different people in light of Christ? You see, the standards of the world should no longer be ours. We're completely changed. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Pastor mentioned this earlier. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so with this newness of life, what happens is we are given new priorities. We seek things above and things not of this earth. Our earthly pursuits are changed into heavenly priorities. So I just, as we look at this, I think what we seek in life really reveals our hearts. Remember one time, my mother asked me to pray at the at the dinner table. So we gathered around, and we always prayed as a family. We we ate dinner as a family, and so she called me Timmy. Don't call me that. Only a few. Timmy, will you pray? I've got a few select that can call. I can count on one hand that actually get to call me that. <laughs> but anyway, Timmy, will you pray? And I remember. Blue 45! Blue 45! And, and my mom looked at me, my dad was looking at me, and they were like, what are you doing, son? And the fact, I had been playing football all day long. And so they asked me to pray. And when I stopped for that second, I had said that so much, I had played quarterback so much that day, that I just had thought that's what had taken over my mind. And I think in the same way, Paul said, set your mind on things above. Whatever we set our mind on, those are the things we're going to be doing in our actions. And I had, I had just soaked my mind into football so much that that was coming out of me. In the craziest of times. <laughs> I mean, in a prayer for crying out loud. I think there's another show that, that I should make. It's called What Not to Do. <laughs> but uh, what is your thought life thinking about? What are your what are your what are you pursuing in your dreams? See, if we set our mind on going on a great vacation, like 
hey, I'm going to go to Hawaii. You might say, well, six months from now, sweetheart, we're going to Hawaii. And we'll mark that date on the calendar. And you know what? We'll start prioritizing in our life. And, and our thoughts will be on that continually. We'll be maybe taking some extra money out of our paycheck and saving it, putting it aside, and kind of, you know, have a vacation fund. And, and, you know, for some of us, we might decide to do some extra laps around the gym to get a better, you know, for walking on the beach, that kind of thing. I won't be doing that. But, you know, some of us might do that, you know. Actually, I mean, I've done that before in my younger days. Got to get thin. Going on the beach. But we will completely change and work up just for a vacation. It'll be consuming. We'll even go out and, uh, you know, well, this, this is the wardrobe. I might have to buy some more wardrobe. And we'll be singularly just obsessed with it. Until it comes to pass. I found I did this with a car. I, uh, I knew my car was kind of on its last legs. And I, for months I thought about what car I was going to get. I'd look at it, you know, pulling the lots and that kind of thing. And, and, and uh, test drive them. And, and so long before that flex, that flex was just not an impulse buy for me. It was a thought thing. Now, we do that in every other part of life, but I ask you, are we thinking about the things of God every day in our life? Because if we're not thinking about godly things and meditating on those, what's going to happen is the things of the world are going to overpower us. In possessions and just our thoughts. So Matthew 6, 19-21 says this, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where there neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So really in this passage... Set your mind on things above. Well, you ask, well, I, I struggle with that. And I'm like, well, God, should I stop listening to country music? Should I do that right now? Just never, live, never turn that on. And, and, you know, should I stop going to the movie theater? And, you know, and I, I kind of put that around my head a little bit. I don't think the passage is calling us to do do those things, but what this passage is calling us to do is to make Christ the ultimate treasure of our life. You see, is there is there anything in itself wrong with having something? I mean, well, Lord, should I, you know, maybe I shouldn't have a, a house one day that I retire to, you know, and I come up with all these things. Well, maybe I shouldn't sit, you know, Hey, Jesus didn't have a home on earth. And I come up with that, but, but really, it's a mindset. These house and things are our treasure. That Jesus Christ is our ultimate treasure. And we treasure nothing else in our heart. That's really the, that's the message of the gospel. We see that throughout. The guy that, that finds a great pearl and he goes out and he, he, he buries it and he he, he 
He goes out and, and gets rid of everything he has in order to purchase that field. Because he, he knew the great treasure he had in Jesus. And somebody asked me at, at camp, somebody said, well, Tim, you think I can still be a doctor? I, I, I like to do things in the, in the church. I think God's called me to do things in the church. But do you think I, I should still be a doctor? And, and I'm like, you know, well, yeah, you should. But you know what? When we treasure Christ, it means that everything we do, we do with His purpose behind it. So now all of a sudden we're a doctor in Christ, going to that workplace, making an impact for Him, realizing that that's our purpose in the world. You know, I've seen a lot of people in the church... I had a, a school teacher one time. He was a, he was a brilliant man uh, in another church. And he, he come to me and, and he was a, um, really into science, but he was one of the, the greatest mathematicians I ever, ever had seen. I mean, he was just, he had doctoral degrees in math. And I'm like, you know, I don't even need to be in the same vehicle with you. I'm not that smart. But we got into this thought one day, and he, he's, he's like, well, you know, I really don't take my faith to school. Because I don't see that having any to do, anything to do with the science or the math classroom. And I really don't believe that I speak the Word of God into people's lives because that's none of my business. And I believe that should be left in the church. And what was happening was that he was not seeing that God had put him on the earth for the purpose of being a, being a teacher for Christ. That you, you can't divorce what you do. We treasure Christ in whatever we do. And it overflows into pointing people to him. And so yeah, for the person who had a question, you can be a Christian doctor. That's, God, that's what He's calling you to do. He's, he's wanting you to put you into that place to leverage everything you have for the gospel. And so you, you think, well, how do I develop this kind of thought life where I'm in Christ? What starts, you know what, in our sin, we want everything but what's good for us sometimes. I find that. Yeah, I've illustrated This shirt is no good for me. It's just going to get me laughed at. I heard your laughs over there, Beth. Does anybody else have anything in their wardrobe that old? Somebody's raising their hand back there. I won't even ask how old. They're, they're ladies. I'm sure they're just 20 years old. <laughs> he's, got, he's raising his hand back. He's probably got some that he's had his whole, whole life. But really, there's no purpose in that, is there? God has given me a glorious new outfit to wear for Him. Because of meeting Christ. So we must cling to Christ. Next, we must cling to Christ. Verse 4, verse 3 and 4, really, it says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your your life, Christ who is your life appears, 
then you also appear with Him in glory. So as we're seeking, first let me back up. As we're seeking, we need to seek and knock. Matthew 7, 7 says, seek, ask, knock. And so we pray for God and we keep seeking. It's a decision daily. Just like we made the decision to, to go to Hawaii. It's a decision we're going to seek things from above and it's a continual thing. That's why Paul says keep doing it. So in doing it, we've got to cling to Christ and say, well, I can't. I'm overpowered by the world, things of the world. I love them too much. No, but cling to Christ. Cling to Him. And in doing that, what, there's this thought. A lot of times if you see pictures, in pictures I find myself doing this. I don't know why. It's just a kind of a dumb thing I do. <laughs> I'll stand here in a picture of got my... And I think it's kind of symbolic. Because sometimes I see that I've got my hands so tightly wrapped around the things of this world, there's no room for Jesus. But when I open up with open hands... I can cling to Him. Are you clinging to Him? Or are you clutched to your stuff and just taking hold of it? Have you found your, your life in Christ? See, Paul again is writing this against the, the backdrop of, of, of they were coming in the church and saying, hey, there's this, there's this hidden knowledge you can have. Something more than Christ out there. And that's really going to get it for you in your Christian walk. But Christ is saying, no, no, I'm your treasure. This secret knowledge, it's me. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When you see this passage, look, look at this. In these first four verses, with Christ, where Christ Your life is hidden with Christ, with Christ. At least five times there's a reference to Christ in this. As you look at this, as we look into the next part of the passage, how we really can have victory, as we look at verse 4, it says, When Christ in your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. So we've been, we, we died with Him. And then we were resurrected with Him and, and, and we're going to appear with Him in glory one day. That's a promise in the Scriptures. And what we're, we, we've got this past thing of what God was doing in our life, but we've got this future of what He's doing. And so we come from this, the victory is already there. We will be with Him in glory one day. And so as we continue to look at, at the passage... Because of that, we must kill the old self. We must kill the old self. Arkan Hughes said this. He said, Doctrine demands duty. Creed determines conduct. And fact demands acts. Demands action.
So doctrine demands duty. Because your life is hidden in Christ, we no longer cling to the things of this world. We, we let loose of them. And we set our thoughts on, on, on heavenly purposes. In that we kill, the, the next step is killing the old self. Verse 5 through, through 9, there's this laundry list of, of sins that, that had, had crept into the church here. And it says, put to death therefore what is earthly in you. Immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness. And if you look at that, it's going one step farther. It's going deeper and deeper into a, a slippery slope of sin. Until you end up and first you're, you're, you're trying to fulfill any sensual desire you have out there, any physical desire you have, any worldly pleasure you might have. You're, you're, that, that's your life. Then it ends up into the more material. You're coveting. You've got greed about your neighbor's possession. One time I was uh, camping. I don't, it, crazy things just always happen to me. I, I don't know why. But I, I was camping and I, I told my buddy, I said, you know, we're going to do some catfishing and do some all night fishing. I, I said, I'm going to set the tent up over here. You go ahead and fill up our land uh, with a Coleman fuel. So he's doing that. So about five minutes later, I turn around, I light a match and go over there and light the lantern. Little did I know, he had spilled Coleman fuel all over the place and did not tell me. And when I did that, the lantern went whoosh, right in my face. I thought I was going to burn myself up. Uh, luckily, I only scorched a few hairs. And uh, next thing you know, this is going, the fire's going everywhere. It was in pine needles. And it's going everywhere. And I just thought, oh no. There's like 72 campsites here. I'm going to burn them all down. <laughs> and so I imagine, you know, if you've seen the movie Dumb and Dumber, I, I'm, certainly somebody was probably watching this thinking this was a deleted scene. So we're over here stomping, you know, doing this and just trying to grab stuff. And I thought, you know what, that's kind of like sin. We think we can manage it real close here. We think we can play with fire. And we think we can have this sin in our life that we, you know, I know I'm in Christ, but we're supposed to die of the old self, but we hang on to our old shirts because they feel so good. Those old sins some of us have been carrying around 30 plus years, and they feel good. But what Paul was calling for here was warfare. He said, kill the old self. Mutilate it. Do whatever you have to do to get rid of it. Galatians 5.17 says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And so they're actually, they're warring against us. And we've got to, we have got to declare war on the old self. The sin in our life, we, we, we've got to 
just flat out decide we're not going to do it anymore and do whatever it takes. And so, and, uh, so through the ages, some people said they, they've taken Jesus literally. Jesus talked about, hey, if you're if you are wanting to steal and your your hand is causing you to sin, or if you're wanting to cut your hand off. Or if your, your eye is causing you to sin, pluck your eyeball out. And so, there, you know, there has been people through history that have actually done this kind of different things. They, they've done uh, some amputations. God's not calling you to do that. But He is calling you to make a literal war on sin in your life. Don't let it go like wildfire. Put it out. I found in my life, say, well, you know, you've got a laundry list of sin, and I don't really struggle with these, you know, the immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desires. And uh, Well, I found, you know, maybe I'm not messed up on those big things there, but you know what? And so I say, well, this is just a little thing here, maybe. The covetousness. And it's like, you know, I'm not really even looking... I'm not even looking at my neighbor's car and trying to. I'm not looking at the house. I'm not coveting these possessions. But I found in my own heart I had an evil thing brewing, and that my life in my life as a minister, I wanted success. Well, there's nothing wrong with seeing people come to Jesus, that right? I mean, but what I found was is I craved ministry success. That, that I wanted to see big things happen in my ministry, and I, I, I thought, you know what? Somehow I've gotten messed up here. Because I crave ministry success more than I do Jesus in my life. I mean, I hate to admit that to you, but, but I, it's like God was saying, you know, do you want to be known? Or do you want Christ to be known? Amen. You see, we've got to, it, it's all about the glory of Christ. And see, I mention that because I think lots of times in our life, it's the little things. We, we try to steal the glory of Christ. We're made for His glory. And we use our talents to show off our what we think is our glory. Say, look at me. God had me confess that sin. He said, "He said, I, I just, he said, you need to murder that sin in your life." Man, murder? Yeah, a strong word. He told me murder. Get, he was just not saying, "Well, tap dance around this thing." He was saying, "Get rid of that sin in your life." You know what he actually let me do? He actually let me have some ministry failures. To show me. But through it, I praise him as he redirected me and said, Hey, it's about my glory. So you're living your life, because that, that's what it's all about. When you, when you have an extreme makeover, you die to self, you put that to rest. And you live for His glory every day, wherever you're at. You see, we see this in, in uh, 
as we look on in, in verse 6, verse 7, it says, In these two you once walked when you were winning them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk with your mouth. And don't lie to one another. And again, this is kind of a, a, a list of Think of that small fire that starts. Anger is just a little bit of anger in your heart. Which grows to a rage. Begins boiling over. And then, all of a sudden, you've got malice in your heart. And malice, I don't know if you've been there before. But malice is when you actually can think about Hey, it'd be nice if this happened to my enemy. So your rage is turned pulled over into malice, and, and then all of a sudden you're slandering the person, defaming their character, and then I've seen talking and lying to one another. And so it just grows. Evil. So we must put off evil attitudes and actions too. So how do we do that? How do we put on the new self? Well, let's look, look at verses uh, 9 through 11. Again, it says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with its practices, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And here there is not Greek... And Jews, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all in all. So what's happening is, is we are renewed in the knowledge. When we put on the new self, we're now renewed in the knowledge of God. Paul is saying continue to be renewed. Do it day by day. Be renewed in the image of your Creator. Scripture is actually, you know, that could be a life source of renewal. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, So we do not lose heart, though our, our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says, and we all with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. So when you put on the new self, it's back to Christ. Are we being transformed into the image of Christ? Are we growing in Him? Prayer and scriptures. We've got to seek, ask not. You know, if you pray a prayer like, Lord, I want, to look, I want to look more like Jesus, He's going to answer that prayer. He's going to answer that prayer every time. So prayer and then digging in the Scriptures as we see Jesus will become more like Him. So we put on that new self being renewed in all knowledge of God. But then we're called to a not only a new self, 
but new relationships. We're called to have new relationships. You know, because we put on this new self, all of a sudden we're awakened to the fact that we're all in Jesus. You know, we like to have different... You know, we love to kind of splice up and segregate and, you know, wherever we go in life. Well, there's, you know, this guy's here and this guy's born on the other side of the tracks. Or, uh, you know, Paul was saying, well, this one's slave, this one's free. And, you know, Greek or Jew, that was a great thing. You didn't want to be a barbarian. So there was differences, but guess what? We put on the new self, we put away those differences, and we come to church with other believers and we worship together. That's, that's going to be like heaven here on earth when we worship together, no matter what walk of life. Doesn't matter what you do. Be a millionaire, you can be something else. You could be poor on this earth. But that doesn't make a difference. You're rich in Christ, aren't you? And Paul is talking about this here because it's important. As we cling to Christ and we look. What does John 13, 35 say? It says, They will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. You will know you are my disciples for your love for one another. <coughs> so when we put on the new self, prejudice has no place in the church and the body of believers, does it? Thank God. You know, if we're practicing this, this is an extreme makeover, isn't it? When we look and you say, Corinth Baptist Church, they're, they're crazy over there. They have no social divides. They, they don't care about what race a person is. All they care about is if somebody's in Christ and they worship Him. You will know... They will know you're my disciples for your love for one another. Have you had this extreme makeover? Are you thinking new things, heavenly things? Are you hidden in Christ? Are you fighting sin? Being renewed in His image? As your, as your heart brought you new relationships with other believers. So I pray I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to the, the pastor or musicians that are finishing out. I'm going to pray and just ask God to show us our hearts this morning. So I'm looking at, at verse 5. Maybe you're like me. You know, John Calvin said... The human heart is an idle factory 
when you get rid of one, another one's growing. If you get rid of that, there's another one coming. So maybe that, maybe you're coveting things you didn't even know. Something even simple like that. I was stealing God's, the glory of Christ. Coveting that. So I just pray. As I pray, I'm just going to ask God to reveal things in our life. Lord, we do come to you and we pray that as we look at your word that we just examine our hearts and that we, you'd show us where we need to become more like your son. I do pray that we're, we've grabbed a hold of our, our new clothing. We, we've forsaken everything of the former life. That we will not be happy with that. It, we know it's not going to satisfy us. Lord, thank you for sending Christ. I just pray that we're hidden in him. Pray this thing here, Amen.